Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 7th, seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So at one point last night, Rob, I sent you a text and said, nothing else can happen tonight because we don't have room in the show. <laughs> there is so much going on, so much to discuss. So let's get to it. First and foremost, Nikki Haley losing the Nevada primary to none of these candidates. <laughs> None of these candidates got 60% of the vote. Uh, Nikki Haley sits at 33%. But here's the shocker. Mike Pence, I didn't know he was still in the race, but he got 4% of people saying he's our guy. Um, So Nevada is often the forgotten primary, for lack of a better term, that takes place. It is a caucus. It's similar to Iowa. However, due to the expense of running in i in nevada because it's las vegas right there's really one media market and the cost of doing that and because that look there's a plethora of reasons but like trump doesn't wasn't even participating in in the in the process Mm -hmm. and it's just forgotten about yet it was there it was a thing Mm -hmm. it did occur so i think we're like obligated to cover that it happened but you're correct right so the options were nikki (laughs) or nikki haley uh mike pence tim scott and the rest of these people you have never ever heard of so i won't even say their names yeah so nikki haley got the most amount of votes of everyone who was participating she got 30.8 percent and then you're right pence at four tim scott at 1.4 it's pretty brazen to vote for a person who's no longer running for president for mm-hmm. president, right? That's how disenfranchised you are, I guess. So Donald Trump, not on the ballot, doesn't count. He'll be the winner of the caucus on Thursday, get the state's delegates. But even more, uh, he's going he's getting even more than that because he's getting everybody reporting today that <laughs> Nikki Haley lost to none of these candidates. <laughs> So it's kind of like a double whammy for her in a way. Not only did she not win, but now everybody's talking about how she lost to none of these candidates. Yeah. Uh, and again, this whole – okay, so I think the bigger story here is how screwed up um, the whole process is. Because the fact that you even have none of these candidates as an option, that's number one. Um the, the no delegates are awarded. So you're having an election. This is the pri- I, and I you know I want to make clear to people this is a primary. Then there is a ca- then there is a caucus on top of this, and it is no delegates are awarded, and then the caucus is what matters. And th- that's what I'm saying. Like it's so why do it that? It's, this is my it's point. Just a waste it's, of time and money. So convoluted mm-hmm. that you are going to have in a primary y- yesterday th- that awards no delegates. She loses to none of the above. Mm -hmm. Then they have the caucus on Thursday where the thing is actually awarded. Nobody's even participating in any of it because of the cost of doing business in Nevada. And it comes back to, and this is the overarching theme of this conversation, which is the whole process sucks. 
the whole process. You have Iowa, which dictates everything. Then you have New Hampshire. It's not even a, a, a Republican state that dictates everything. And then you have this bizarro world in Nevada sandwiched in the middle where there's a primary that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then there's a caucus and no one's participating in anything. Yet that has some influence. And then finally, Casey, at the end of February, we get to South Carolina. Right. Does that make any sense? Is it, is it March now? I don't even know. It doesn't even matter, Casey. The whole thing sucks. We need to go to, we need to quadrant off the the country and we need to rotate which portion of the country goes first. So, hey, one year it's the these states that we deem the West, you go first, and then the Midwest, and then the East, and then the South. It is ridiculous that we give all this attention to all of these these individual states, and this is what we're dealing with where she lost. Did she lose? Did she win? Doesn't matter. No delegates get awarded. So why are we doing any of it? Well, I'm curious if Donald Trump will now turn his attention to Nevada and away from Indiana, because he's been spending a lot of time talking about how Nikki Haley didn't, did get on the ballot here. Will she be on the ballot? Won't she be on the ballot? I want to ask why we are allowing people to pick a presidential nominee based on caucusing. Mm-hmm. That's not even a that's something you do to replace a sen- a state senator who resigned, Casey. That is not how you pick the president of the United States. And yet in two of the three first voting states, their delegates are awarded on this bizarro, long, hyper-involved, difficult-to-understand caucusing process. We want to talk about election integrity. You want to talk about like people trusting the vote or participating in the process or understanding. This is the last way you should be doing this. And yet, two of the first three nominating states, now keep in mind, this state goes twice, apparently, because they have a primary that doesn't count. <laughs> a primary that doesn't count, Casey! Mm-hmm. And then you have the caucus, I guess that does count, but no one's participating in any of it. Does... You you couldn't make up a worse way to pick your nominee. Oh, I don't know. You you maybe you could. Maybe it's happening here in Indiana. Well, based on if you have enough signatures, if those signatures are verified, if those people actually live where they say they live when they sign a piece of paper. So two things. One, coming up at ten oh six, we're gonna have David Shelton on. Uh, mm-hmm. People may remember him. He ran for Secretary of State on the Republican side in twenty twenty two. He is also the the clerk for Knox County, and David. David is one of the most professional, uh, just right down the middle people. Like he is the perfect guy. When he ran for secretary of state, I said he was the guy that should have been the nominee because he is by far the most qualified person that, that, that was running. But he, he oversees elections, obviously, which a clerk does in Knox County. And he is going to be with us at 10.06 to talk about, one, Nikki Haley still has the signatures as of today mm-hmm. and he's gonna talk about how ridiculous all of this has been we're gonna give you an inside behind the scenes look on how convoluted that process is and um adam wren from politico had an article out that is out last night I actually retweeted it at robin kendall about how ridiculous the trump and banks behavior is here in indiana and nobody has any idea why they're even so entrenched on this about keeping Nikki Haley off the ballot because she isn't even going to be running for president by the time it gets to Indiana. And yet Jim Banks 
look, Trump has no idea what's going on. So let's just kick Trump out of the equation. And Trump is Trump. And everybody knows Trump says things all the time that aren't right. And it's like chuckle, 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 crazy uncle speaks again. So Trump has no idea how our elections work. He said things that are just grossly wrong about how Indiana's elections work. He didn't even know when Indiana's elections were. So let's just kick Trump out of the equation. Somebody got to him. He tweets. That's how it goes. Jim (laughs) Banks looks like a complete moron and a petulant child right now because Jim Banks does know how our elections work. Mm -hmm. He does know how the signature process works. He does know how the verification process works. And for him to have retweeted Trump and put that thing out there was just gross. And as of right now, he's still wrong Mm -hmm. because she is on the ballot. And David Shelton, who is a Banks and Trump supporter, is going to be with us to tell us how she's still on the ballot. But even if ultimately they kick her off, really, Jim, that's the hill you want to die on? kicking somebody off the ballot like that's what you're proud of i the, the whole thing is and that that article by adam wren does a real deep dive on just how ridiculous jim banks behavior and and trump's as well but i i'm seeing some similarities by the way uh you know them not wanting nikki haley on the ballot in indiana to him not wanting john it is, on it's, the ballot. it's 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 gr- it's gross i mean it is uh, this obsession, it is now a legit obsession by the establishment wing of the Indiana Republican Party to keep people from running for, for public office. It is the most bizarre thing, and they're brazen about it now, Casey. They're brazen about how they view you, they view regular people as a threat, and not only do they not want to, like, just, John Rust is not going to win. Jim Banks has every advantage imaginable. I mean, he has name ID, he has money, he has the party apparatus behind him. If Jim Banks doesn't get 70% of the vote against John Rust, it will be a colossal failure. And yet, they can't stand, even when they have everything in their favor, they can't stand it that they might actually have to work and win your vote. Just a little bit of competition. Uh, it is just, uh, just, and the, they're doing the same thing with Nikki. Who isn't even going to be running, Casey? Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley will not even be running for president when it comes time for the Indiana Republican primary, she will be done after South Carolina. Trump is going to beat her by a million points, and yet they are spending all this capital and they're burning all these bridges. And that's what the kind of the Ren piece is about, is about why are you doing this? It doesn't even matter. Okay, so we're going to go from none of these candidates to none of these border bills. <laughs> that is also going on, and we'll get into that coming up from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky been lashing out at that botched border deal. He said the bill is flawed from top to bottom. No conservatives in the Senate are going to vote for it. No conservatives in the House are going to vote for it. And the House Speaker said it is dead on arrival. Now they're going to vote on it twice today. Once with uh, it including aid for Ukraine and Israel and then again later without that other stuff. Of course, uh, Todd Young from Indiana. Finally joining uh, Mitch McConnell in opposing the deal. This is coming days after he said that it would be tragic if the deal were held up for campaign purposes. So Todd Young flip-flopping on where he stands on this border deal. Yes, if you know Todd Young, 
Duke of Spendingburg, mm-hmm. whatever we're going to refer to him as today. Mm-hmm. If you know Todd, if you are a, know a loved one of Todd's, uh, make sure you find them and hold them because I'm sure it's a very, very rough time for Todd right now that he is not ultimately going to, at least for right now. No, he will keep trying. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can rest assured Todd Young will not declare defeat in his lust and the lust of Mitch McConnell to give as much unaccountable government money as humanly possible to the Ukraine. But at least for right now, it is probably a really hard day for the Duke of Spendingburg because it appears the quest by the Republican uh, Party to do that has been thwarted for the the moment. And so if you know him, you give him a big hug for me (laughs) and you tell him we're all, uh, you know, thinking about him Mm -hmm. in his moment of grief. And uh, we just we just want him to get feeling better. He said, I intend to vote no, but I remain hopeful that we can find a path to improving our border security laws and the enforcement of them. So he's not going to get the opportunity to do one of his favorite things, and that is spend your money. But he's going to keep at it, Casey. I mean, it is uh, you can rest assured Todd will not sleep. Uh, Spendingberg will not give up. He will remain focused and steadfast in his resolve to give as much printed money as possible to a country that has no track record of supporting the United States. Here is my question to you, Casey. Mm-hmm. So just a couple days ago, it was announced we had a bipartisan border deal. Mm-hmm. And didn't Mitch McConnell come out and give a big thumbs up a Reno to yeah. going forward. He'd been working very hard with Chuck Schumer and then sending uh, James Langford out to be the messenger. Right. And, and, and you, we know, and it's been documented many times that Todd Young and numerous others rely on Mitch to be their adult supervision mm-hmm. in the Senate. They are incapable of thinking or making any sort of choices for themselves until uh, sweet daddy Mitch tells Junior, Johnny, and the rest of the gang, how they're going to vote. So how did we go from we have a bipartisan border deal to now everyone is against the bipartisan border deal? Seems like the bipartisan portion would be that we have both sides in agreement, but yet it appears we didn't have both sides in agreement. Or actually, I think what happened was both sides were in agreement, and then there was such immense public outrage to Mm -hmm. this that McConnell told... uh, told the the troops well i guess we're against this now. yes now i have to backpedal because you don't like this what i spent months working on oops maybe i should have brought your opinion in before now that that um <laughs> we should have done this we should have got the sad the uh, sad music queued up for for that tweet from todd young it it read like he was announcing like the passing of some sort of loved one or great American hero in his announcement. Think about that. Your Indiana senator, supposedly deep red Indiana, is just inconsolable that the deal, which spends more money on the Ukraine than the entire budget for the Marine Corps in, tw- in 2023, mm-hmm. he's, that's what he's upset about. He is just beside himself that he will not, for the moment, be able to ensure that the totally corrupt, unreliable, non-aligned Ukraine continues to get our printed money. He wants to send them more of our money. Okay, well, here's something. Let's uh, let's check on President Biden and what he says about the border deal not happening. Oh, wait a minute. Who's he going to blame? Yeah, Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. He sounds like he's cutting a vicious heel wrestling promo. Can we? Do we have the ability to play that again? The first part of that was my favorite part. Can we play that again? 
Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. Now, think about that. You could just see if you turned on Monday Night Raw, some bad guy wrestler, <laughs> every day. From you're going to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like every day people are going to know what? That we didn't give $60 billion to a country that has no track record of liking us. And in fact, not all that long ago was Team Saddam Hussein. Yeah, we're going to know that. Right. And I'm all for that because you don't need any more money to secure the border. Just secure the border. Okay, but my question is. The president just said you're going to know the border's not secure, and then he blamed Donald Trump. But I thought Alejandro Mayorkas said that the border was secure. So, in fact, didn't Biden just confirm that Mayorkas lied? Of course, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked that very question. President Biden said today that the immigration system has been broken and that he intends to drive home the message that, quote, the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. Um, Secretary Mayorkas repeatedly said that the border is secure, and that's one of the reasons House Republicans are trying to impeach him. Uh, Did President Biden just confirm that Mayorkas gave Congress false information when he said that the border was secure? Can I, I actually want to go back to your question. It's a ridiculous premise and a ridiculous statement that was made. (laughs) So that's a no. So pretty much no. And think about blaming Trump for the border, Mm -hmm. an unelected person. Right, the guy who's not voting on anything right now. It would be the equivalent of, and thankfully our ratings remain very fabulous, but it would be the equivalent of, let's say we took a nosedive. Let's say we went, we were now the number 20 station in the city, and you come out and blame Mock Mm -hmm. for the poor. I mean, like that is so... Somebody who hadn't been there in four years. I mean, like, what What are you even saying, you babbling old incoherent buffoon? Well, speaking of Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, he gets to keep did his job, it? apparently. Did I call it or did I call it, You Casey? called it, and uh, that's on the way from 93 WIBC. It is 9.35 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the House failed to impeach Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for Republicans <laughs> voting with Democrats since taking office. Joe Biden and Mayorkas have been gaslighting you. Uh, you know, you've heard for many, many months from Mayorkas saying that the border is secure. And even in our last segment, we just heard from Joe Biden saying that the border was not secure. And that's all Donald Trump's fault. But... Uh, Uh, In the meantime, they've allowed over 10 million illegals to cross into the country. But can the Republicans get it together? No. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 216. The resolution is not adopted. was just right before that that the speaker of the house mike johnson went out and talked to reporters where he predicted that oh they got the votes they're, they're gonna do this <laughs> uh to quote jim carrey and dumb and dumber <laughs> you are one pathetic loser and the republican party remains one pathetic loser people all the time why are you so mean to the republicans this is why they are unorganized they are unprincipled. They are undisciplined. And even though I, th- when I thought what they were doing was wrong, mm-hmm. the fact that they couldn't pull couldn't it off. Get it done. What a pathetic, pathetic embarrassment. Y- you can't, you send something up for a vote and you don't have the votes. Mm-hmm. 
what a total indictment of this Johnson guy that his first real, I mean, real, real test. Now, he screwed everybody on the budget, but he had Democrats he could line up with to do that. And they went back again on their promise to the American people. But on this one, you knew you weren't going to get any Democrat votes. All you had to do was count the Republican votes. Are they there or aren't they there? And they couldn't do it. You'd think that he would know for sure before they called called it to a vote, right? And it's being reported that one of the Democrats, uh, Al Green, he was wheeled in having just had surgery. He was in hospital scrubs with no socks on. <laughs> so and the- that's that's how Hakeem Jeffries is running things. Like, I don't care what condition you're in. You get here and vote the way we want you to vote. Think about that. That is the discipline of the Democrats. They're wheeling people in who have just had surgery, and you will do as we say. The Rep- Look, this is, this is why I am the way I am with the Republicans. There is no party discipline. There is no unified message. There is no coherent premise of where we want to go and what we want to do and why we're doing it. That party is a lost cause. That party is a complete lost cause, Casey, because for all the huffing and puffing and blow your house down Mm -hmm. about the Democrats and the border, not only do they keep fully funding the Biden administration and all its priorities, which that would solve the issue right there if you choke off the money. But then their end around, which is to distract you from their failure to live up to their promise to get spending under control and rein Biden in and hold him accountable, was we're going to impeach this guy and we're going to stick our chest out and we're going to show you how tough we are. And they couldn't do it. Mm -mm. They couldn't do it. What a colossal failure and a colossal embarrassment. And Casey, did I or did I not? On this show, yeah. tell you several days ago, it ain't gonna happen. There's no way that they're gonna keep all of those Republicans in, you know, the barn together, and there will be at least two or three. There ended up being four who broke the flank. Did I or did I not say that? You did, how, and that's that's exactly what happened. How is it that the radio guy mm-hmm. from I don't know, Jason and I, producer Jason and I drove to Washington, D.C. together one time. Have I ever told you about that? How Mm-mm. the state of Indiana made me go on a taxpayer-funded even though event you didn't to Washington, even though I begged them and said this is a total waste of taxpayer money. You remember that? Longest trip of my oh, life. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, we had to go. I had to go to that, and that was just the like just the w- biggest waste of money ever. Maybe we'll tell that story another time. I don't know if I've told that story before. But again, your government at work. Mm-hmm. But the point is, so what was that? Was that a twelve-hour trip we had to take? Is does that sound about right? I think about maybe ten hours. Yeah, it's not that far mm-hmm. to DC. by automobile. Mm-hmm. So from ten hours away, Casey. Yeah, I can look at something and. Uh, and say that is not going to happen. You will not be successful with this. How is that possible that from 10 hours away by automobile, I could get that right and the Speaker of the House didn't know what was going to happen? Okay, so they've been building this this case against uh, Mayorkas for months now. They accused him of breach of public trust, refusing to comply with the law. Does this make Mike Johnson... The worst speaker of the house. Does this make him worse than Kevin McCarthy? <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore, Casey, because it's like, oh, if we get rid of McCarthy, it'll be better. Oh, if we get Jim Jordan in there, it'll be better. Oh, if we get Mike Johnson in there, mm-hmm. it'll be better. It's the party. It's the people in the party, Casey. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many more times our audience has to be hit right between the eyes like a sledgehammer with these sort of things to realize they don't stand for anything. They are there to get rich. They are there to enrich themselves. They are there to empower themselves. They don't care about you at all. They stand for nothing. They have no core principles. And then the most basic of thing, 
They can't even do it. So you know who's laughing the most about this is George Santos. (laughs) So this is the guy that they kicked out when, boy, he says that if he were still there, he would have voted to impeach Mayorkas, and there may have been a different outcome. Hey, America, George Santos here. Tonight... I am telling you, Mallorca's was not held accountable thanks to Nick LaLota, Anthony D'Esposito, Mike Lawler, and Rep Garbarino along with Michael Guest due to their obsession about silencing me and the voters of the 3rd District of New York. Now, America has shown its shadow, and we are stuck with Mallorca's for six more weeks thanks to the insipid idiots in Congress, in the GOP. Good luck, guys. Way to go. Way to show the American people you can accomplish something. But I hope you're happy you expelled me. Bye. Okay, so don't know whether he would have been there or not, if it would have made any difference. Of course, he's completely trolling them and in his own narcissistic way has to put the attention back on him. But you had mentioned that they are so unsuccessful and they can't get anything right. And after the news of the failed vote came out, well, then the Republican National Committee chairwoman, Rona Ronna McDaniel, says... I'm out. I'm resigning. Okay, let's do this because uh, let's let's address her. Let's take a break and address her in the next segment. I do want to say something real quick, though. Think about where the Republicans are actually at there. Here, here's how big a mess the party is. That they were dependent upon a guy whose entire life is a lie, who very likely could end up in federal prison over lying and misusing campaign funds. By the way, I don't know who needs to hear this. If you lie about your campaign finance report, it's pretty easy if one person who even knows what they're doing looks at it. And I'm not saying there are people around here who need to need, need to hear that or know about that. Mm-hmm. But if you lie about your campaign finance report and even one person who knows what they're doing takes a look at it, you could be in for just an absolute world of hurt. And I'm just going to leave that right there. Um but that, but that's who they were dependent upon. Mm-hmm. That's who they were dependent upon is some guy who could end up very soon in federal prison for his entire being a, just a colossal fraudster. And that's who we needed to save the Republican Party. Yikes. That is just simply, <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. And that's where we're at now. Let's talk about Rona Rana when we come back. It's Kendall Lee Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC at 947. So Rona, Rona McDaniel, the Republican National Committee chairwoman, has said that she is resigning after the South Carolina primary. Apparently, her and uh, Donald Trump, they had a little meeting, and he said that he would be making a decision the day after the South Carolina primary as to his recommendations for (laughs) RNC growth, which means I'm going to make changes and you're not going to be there. I love that Trump, and he's such a colossal troll, Donald Trump does not care at all about Republican Party growth. Donald Trump does not care at all about Republican majorities. Donald Trump cares only about Donald Trump. And I think even the most ardent of Trump supporter would have to, in a in a 
in an act of, uh, you know, if you were to hook them up to a truth serum or lie detector or whatever, admit that. Look, Trump makes it very hard for there to be Republican growth because he's such a weeble wobble and you never know where he's going to go and you never know what he's going to do and you don't have a clear vision or policies to run on. So it's laughable to think that he cares about RNC growth. But Donald Trump is not a Republican. Well, in many ways, the modern Republican Party is. But if you look, if you were to read the Republican Party platform, there's a whole bunch of things that Donald Trump is for that do not at all coincide with the Republican Party. And this is part of the problem. What is the Republican Party now, Casey? I have no idea what the Republican Party is or what they stand for. What anymore. the platform none, is. None. I'm yeah, none. Exactly. Because everything that you think it is, they don't follow it. Uh, you know, especially when it comes to fiscal responsibility. And speaking of that, I'm really wondering if part of this is coming out with her because there have been rumors saying that, you know, they just released all the money that they spent. And now people are saying, okay, there needs to be an audit of what we're spending our money on. And maybe she doesn't like that idea. But she was just all for her. Didn't he just come out in support of her when she was just up for whatever reelection or renomination or whatever? It's the like, it's he does this all the time. And this is my thing about him not learning his lesson. And if he's not learning his lesson on these things, what what faith do I have that he's learned his lesson on how to fix the country? Because he was for her. He was for Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. He's been behind all of these people. And then he comes out and labels them these colossal problems. Right. But you were just for them. Yeah, he gives them his support until he doesn't, right? What is the direction of the Republican Party? What is the dire- What does the Republican Party stand for? I have no idea what the, I'm not being facetious. I'm not being mean spirited. When I say that, I have no idea. And if just because you get rid of her, just like when you got rid of Kevin McCarthy, if the party doesn't change, if the direction of the party doesn't change, if there's not clear directives and goals spelled out, then what difference does it make? Well, according to Vivek Ramaswamy, the Republican Party stands for being a party of losers. You might remember what he had to say about her during the primary debates. I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. So there are um, her her head of her chief of staff just stepped down earlier. So she's been under a lot of pressure, including publicly like that from Vivek. And uh, there's a lot of reports about the excessive spending that's been going on and it's not turning into winning. So can we talk about something amazing that I had no idea until you put the template for the show together today? It never 
occurred to me, and now that I've seen it, I you can't, can't unsee it. You can't unring that bell. You're talking about 49, 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy looks just like Lee Harvey Oswald. I this is incredible. I didn't notice that either until you put the pictures side by side, and he does. So he says that he's touting his strong faith in his journey to the Super Bowl, right? Which is wonderful. He said, wherever God needs me, that's how it's going to play out. But now people are saying that he looks like Lee Harvey Oswald. It, he, their, their websites have put them side by side. And have you ever done that where somebody, like I've obviously seen this guy play football many times. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they wear helmets, but you clearly see him on the sidelines. You can see their face through the helmets. Uh, that, have, has that ever happened to you where somebody shows you something of someone you've seen a whole bunch of times and you you never it occurred to you before and then once you see it you can't unsee it right i will now when i watch the super bowl think lee harvey oswald is quarterbacking for the san francisco 49ers i hope not um somebody actually asked him about this and it, what, what kind of response do you give to something <laughs> like that hey has anybody ever told you you look like the guy who shot and killed the president um well, no, thanks. Like, what What kind of answer because, do you give well, to that? Here, here's the answer you give is, no, I don't look like the guy who shot and killed the president because mm-hmm. Oswald didn't do it alone. Mm. Yeah, let's uh, let's get some, some get some traction out of this, some conspiracy theories out of this. Okay, well, he chose not to wade into politics. Here's oh, you and, and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald circling around the internet right now. People think you two look alike. Did you ever hear that before? I haven't. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, physical comparison. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. That's not so cool. Um, okay, so, but these reporters, they're not afraid to ask these quarterbacks the tough questions because at a different press conference, a reporter was asking Patrick Mahomes about his dad and the recent DUI that he got. How do you feel about your dad being arrested? Uh, yeah, um, he's doing good. Uh, I haven't, don't really want to get into it too much, but um, um, he's doing good for, for whatever the, the situation is. That again? What? I can't say that one more time. <laughs> um, it's a family matter, so I'll just keep it to the family, um, and that's all I really have to say at this point. So here we have one quarterback who looks like Lee Harvey Oswald, and we have the other quarterback who sounds like Kermit the Frog. You you do feel bad for Patrick Mahomes, though, because as we talked about yesterday, Mm -hmm. he, by all accounts, even though his wife is a complete nut job and his brother is a complete loony and his dad obviously has serious issues, he seems like a pretty decent guy. Mm -hmm. And you do feel bad that he's kind of getting lumped in and held accountable for what they're doing. All right, Casey, when we come back, this Nikki Haley drama on the Mm -hmm. get on the ballot here in Indiana is completely ridiculous. Jim Banks is behaving like a petulant little child. And let's have an elections expert in Indiana come in and tell us what's going on, shall we? Fantastic. David Shelton's going to join us next on 93 WIBC.